Good evening, and welcome to church and midweek. Again, I hope everybody's doing well. I want to start off again by saying thank you to Steve Ravel for teaching the last couple of Sundays, talking about the call to humility. I thought he did a fantastic job, and I hope and pray that uh, we get a chance to go back and listen to those lessons, because the whole point of everything we're doing, the whole point of you and I reading the Bible every day, is not just to know stuff, but to allow the Bible to, to transform our lives into a better image of Jesus every single day. And so, Steve, again, thank you so much. Uh, the message was very inspiring, was very convicting. And uh, I'm hoping that even tonight, as we talk about something else, that in our breakout rooms, we get a chance to, to share about all these things that we're learning about, and most importantly, the things that we're going to be changing our lives and our characters as disciples of Jesus. But I want to start off tonight by saying, all rise for the judge. I don't know if you were watching last night. Uh, Aaron Judge hit his 62nd home run uh, in Texas last night. And uh, he set the American League record uh, that stood for 61 years. You know, by it was set by Roger Maris, another Yankee. Um, and so I decided to put this on tonight. Uh, my homeboy, Nietzsche, gave me this as a Christmas present about six years ago. And so uh, I, I, I dug into my closet. I said, I got to put this on. Uh, I am a Yankees fan. Uh, I've been a Yankees fan since the first day I arrived in this country. But I was very excited last night because I, I had a chance to watch history. Um, I like the young fellow. He's an awesome baseball player, but most importantly, he's a very humble young man. And that's what I really like about him. Uh, most guys that are this good, they're very arrogant and proud, but uh, Aaron Judge is not like that. And so I'm very thankful. And uh, I don't know if you saw highlights, even as he was coming to home plate, he kind of looked up, you know, and I believe he was thanking God. Okay. Uh, but uh, last night, uh, tonight, they're playing their last game for the regular season. And last night, believe it or not, their record was. And it still is 99-62, okay? Aaron Judge wears number 99 behind that jersey. And uh, what are the odds that number 99 hit his 62nd home run last night? Okay, I'm just saying. But uh, I'm very excited. You know, he plays for the Yankees, and uh, I'm very, very happy for, for, for the record. Tonight... I want to talk to us about the call to comfort others. And I hope that by the time we're done, that you're going to be very encouraged. Uh, we're just going to be looking at a bunch of scriptures tonight. And then at the end, I'll give us, you know, like three practicals. But I want us to talk about the call to comfort others. You and I will agree that life can be very trying. And challenging. And when you and I are going through challenging times and when we are going through trying times, God's word is where you and I will find comfort and strength to keep going forward. So tonight I'm going to be reading a bunch of scriptures, 10 to be exact. And I hope and pray that as I root through these passages, that you would meditate on them in your own personal time, 
and really think about the promises that they hold out, knowing that God will bring you through whatever it is that you're dealing with tonight, that you're going to deal with later on this week, that you may, you and I may have to deal with next week and next month and in the years to come. So tonight, let's talk about the call to comfort others. I'm sure you've seen the images of the devastation caused by Hurricane Ian in Florida. These pictures don't do the devastation justice. I have seen what hurricanes can do. In 2017, August of 2017 to be exact, Hurricane Harvey was added in a, to Corpus Christi head on. Category four hurricane that we had to evacuate. And at the very last minute, it turned upward and it literally destroyed the town. 30 minutes north of us called Rockport. We came back, we all evacuated. We came back to Corpus Christi the following Monday. And it was that weekend that Nikki actually passed. And we went up to Rockport to help people clear debris and clean their homes. And we were just speechless to see the devastation. Here's another picture. All those lots you see, there used to be homes on those things. And they are just all gone. Here's another picture of just, you know, these are people's homes, people's livelihood. Here's another picture showing the flooding. I mean, it's, it's terrible. The president was there today. Uh, you know, looking around and they're telling it's going to be years for Florida to recover from this. Here's another picture. And he said, why are you showing all this? Our hearts need to go out when we see images like this. Because I believe it's very heart-wrenching to see this. And like I said earlier, just now, pictures don't really do it justice. But we serve a merciful God. And we always look to him at times like this. Tonight, you may be having some health issues going on personally. You may be going through some financial challenges. I don't know what it is that you're going through. But I want you to know that we're here together as a family to be able to comfort one another. And when we see such images, when we hear that people are going through stuff, our hearts need to go out. Because one day, we're also going to be need to be comforted. It's not a question of whether we're going to face challenges in this life or disasters for that matter. It's a question of when. And I pray that as we look at these passages tonight, they will comfort you and bring you peace from God himself that only he can do. In Deuteronomy chapter 31, Deuteronomy 31, verses 8 and 9, it says, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. 
This is obviously talking about the Israelites as they made their way to the promised land. But it's very encouraging to me. It's very comforting. That you know what? In this journey through this life, I'm not by myself. You're not by yourself. It says God goes before you and that he will never leave you nor forsake you. And as a result of that, we don't need to be afraid and we do not need to be discouraged. In Psalm 23, a passage we are very familiar with, in verse 1, it talks about the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. And then in verse 4, it says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Again, notice how it is God's presence. Even as we're going through stuff, even as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death and challenging times in our lives, it is God's presence, his rod and his staff that will comfort us. Second Corinthians chapter one, beginning in verse three. Second Corinthians chapter one, beginning in verse three. It says, praise be to the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of compassion, and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles. Notice, it doesn't say in some of them. It says in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. Paul says, if we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. Brothers and sisters, we need to remember that we're a family. We're, a, we're the family of God. And as we go through things in life, God did not put us in his church to suffer silently and to suffer on our own. We need to open up and let people around us, people in our Bible discussion group, Christians living in our neighborhood know how we're doing so that they can comfort us, so that they can help us. You know, if brothers and sisters don't know what you're going through, they can't help you. And so it starts with us to open up. There's nothing wrong in saying, man, I need help. I'm going through some very hard times. I'm going through some hard challenges so that we can comfort one another with the same comfort that we've received from God. In Psalm chapter 40, beginning in verse 1, I was reading this the other morning. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. 
he set my foot on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. Many, Lord, my God, are the wonders you have done, the things you planned for us. None can compare with you. Were I to speak and tell of your deeds, there would be too many to declare. I don't know about you. I find this passage is extremely comforting. A brother called me last week and um, asked for prayers. He said um, they did an MRI and they found uh, some kind of mass on his spinal cord that wasn't there before. And he was very concerned. And I told him definitely I'll be praying for him. And he texted me this afternoon saying there's no infection. And so they've ruled out whatever it is, it's not cancer, but they still need to do more tests because that mass wasn't there before. But it was very encouraging. But this was the passage I shared with him where it says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. Again, I'm not sure what you're going through. God hears your cry and he's heard your cry. And at the appropriate time, he will come through for you. He will bring you through that stuff. He's going to set your foot on solid rock. You may feel like right now you're, 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 you're drowning and you're, 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 you're being sucked into the mud. But God knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly what you're going through. And I hope that Psalm 40 comforts you. You can go read the entire thing, you know, in your own spare time. But he promises that at the right time, he's going to lift you out of that slimy pit and put you on solid ground. And he's going to, he's going to put a new song in your mouth. And that's one of the reasons why I get excited on, on Sundays when we gather to worship God because, you know, I'm just worshiping my God. I'm just thanking him for, for all the things he's doing for, for me in my own life, in my daily walk with him. And, you know, I'm, I'm so excited to, to, to show up, to come and be able to worship him together with all of you guys. And that's what it's all about. You know, I, I'm, I'm thinking about the words that we're singing. I'm not just going through the motions. And, I, and I'm thanking God in my heart and, and just singing out. That's what it's all about. Because we, we serve a good God. We serve a wonderful God. In Matthew chapter 10, again, a passage we're very familiar with. Jesus says, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet, not one of them will fall to the ground apart from the will of your father. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. 
Again, I find this very comforting. He says, a sparrow cannot even fall to the ground without God knowing about it. Let alone us. He says, even the, 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 the hair on our head is numbered. That's amazing to me. That God go, he knows exactly the amount of you know, hairs on my head right now. You know, I know a couple of weeks ago when, when Steve was preaching, he was saying how he used to, he used to have hair years ago. I, I cannot picture that because I've always, I've always known him, you know, with, with nothing up there. And I, I want to see those pictures, by the way, Steve. But you see, it's, you know, even God knows how much is up here. And the point is God knows what's going on in your situation. And if he knows the number of hairs on your head, I promise you, he knows what you're going through. And he's saying to you, he's saying to me, don't be afraid. We are, moth, we are worth a whole lot more than birds, than many sparrows. He's going to take care of us. He's going to bring us through whatever it is that we're going through. You see, and then when God answers our prayers, when God brings us through different, all these different challenges, then we turn around and we comfort others with the same comfort God has given to us. That's what it's all about. In John chapter 11. Again, we're familiar with this story. Talking about the death of Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha. He says on his arrival, Jesus found, excuse me, that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. And watch this. He says, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. You see, when, when, when you and I lose loved ones, that's the time we need to let people in to comfort us in our loss. And one of the things that I don't quite understand in the quote-unquote, American culture is when, when a lot of Americans, when most Americans lose a loved one, they just want to be by themselves. And sometimes, you know, they'll say, you know what, uh, we just want to be left alone right now and um, pray for us, that kind of thing. It's the opposite. We should let people in. Because we're hurting, we're grieving. That is the time to let people in. That is not the time to, to shut people out or to, or to give them the stiff arm, so to speak. We're there to comfort each other. Very, very important. When we are sick, that's not the time to tell people, now, don't get me wrong, you know, if you have a contagious disease or, uh, or contagious disease like COVID, you know, that's not the time, obviously, for us to, you know, go in there and try and comfort people. You know, because of the nature of what we're going through, we need to keep people at a distance. I understand that. But in other situations, we need to let people in and allow them to comfort us and open up ourselves so that we can receive from others. Because again, you are not meant to go through this alone. The Bible says, carry one another's burdens especially when somebody passes. 
You know, we need to be there to comfort one another. Psalm 119, verse 75. Psalm 119, verse 75. It says, I know, Lord, that your laws are righteous. And that in faithfulness, you have afflicted me. May your unfading love be my comfort. According to your promise to your servant. Let your compassion come to me. That I may live. For your law is my delight. I love this passage. It says, you know what? I know that your laws are righteous. The, the whole Psalm 119 is about the word of God itself. And also Psalm 19. That's how you remember them. Psalm 19 and Psalm 119. You're looking for verses about the word of God itself. Just go to those two places. It says that, and that in your faithfulness you have afflicted me. There's stuff that we go through in life that God allows to happen. Now, some of it, I will go on to say that, yes, God allows Satan to afflict us. But whatever it is I'm going through, whatever it is you're going through, God knows you can handle it. If not, it will not come your way. Maybe not today. It may happen five years from now. When you are, when you are there spiritually, where you can handle it, God will bring it your way. That's just life. You've heard me say so many times, we live in a fallen world. The place where we are going to is called heaven. Obviously, the first place we're going to arrive is called paradise. But this world is this world is not heaven. It never was. It was perfect before the devil messed things up. But it is God's unfailing love that should be our comfort as we go through this life. And then going on to say, let your compassion come to me that I may live. For your law is my delight. In Isaiah 51 verse 12. It says I even I am he who comforts you. This is God talking about himself. I even I am he who comforts you. Who are you? That you fear mortal men? Human beings? Who are but grass? See God is the one who comforts us. And so we shouldn't be afraid of men. I'm not afraid of any human being. I just, I'm not. Because again, scripture says, what can mortal man do to me? I'm not afraid of anyone. I never have been. I'm afraid of God. That's the only person I fear. That's the only person you should fear. But it is God and God alone that comforts you. So don't be afraid of humans. The Bible says they're just like grass. And one day they're all going to wither away. We're all going to wither away. Every last one of us. But it is God who comforts us in all our troubles. Again, another passage we're very familiar with is in John 16, verse 33. Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. It doesn't say you may have trouble. It says you will. It's a guarantee. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Amen? In this world, we're going to have trouble. But Jesus says to take heart. 
It says, in me, you will have peace. We are overcomers. Every day is a day closer to our eternity with God. Sometimes all you can do is hang in there, but you need to continue to hang in there. For the sake of your salvation, for the sake of the salvation of your kids, and if you're single, for the sake of the salvation of your family members, and for the sake of people that live, that live around us, and for the sake of people that, that we work with. And when they see you overcoming, they're going to ask you, now, where, where, how are you able to do this? And then you open up your mouth and start talking to them about the God that comforts you, about the God that gives you peace. That's what it's all about. Philippians chapter 4, beginning verse 6. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 to 7. I hope these 10 passages are comforting. There's so many of them. I just picked a few. They all remind us of the awesome God we serve and we call Father. And that we call on on a daily basis and throughout the entire day, as a matter of fact. Because in this life, we're going to face challenges. Life is tough. Jesus never promised that, yes, we, we, we following him, all of a sudden, all of our problems disappear. I believe it's quite the opposite. Because now we're in the light. And Satan is angry. And he's not just going to sit by and watch you and I continue to take people out of his kingdom and bringing them into the kingdom of light. It's a fight. It's a battle. But the thing that we have to our advantage is that God is on our side and that we are on God's side and that we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And so it says, don't be anxious about anything. Again, I, I, I don't know what you're going through tonight. If you need to get professional help, please go get it. I'm appealing to you. There are resources that are available in New York City. You know, for, for some of us that, are, that may be having some mental uh, and, and, and issues. And we, we shouldn't be ashamed to ask for help. Just like, you know, we, we, uh, we, um, we suffer physical illness. Mental illness is real. And, 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 and COVID has done a number on us. You know, being locked up for over two and a half years at home for the most part. And so all I'm saying is get help, please. But don't do it alone. Don't suffer in silence. We're here to comfort each other. And so very quickly, I have three practical ways for us as we comfort each other. Number one, pray for others in their suffering and use the word to encourage others. Pray for others in their suffering and use the word to encourage others. That is what I've tried to do tonight. There's nothing like when I'm going through something and I text a brother or I call somebody up and uh, they listen. I just say, you know, bro, 
I want to share a passage with you. And they read me that passage. I find that extremely encouraging and comforting. And so I'm saying, even as we comfort each other, use the word of God. Use the Bible. When you hear a prayer request, pray for people. God hears those prayers. Very, very important. Let the Bible do the talking. Yes, you and I need to talk. You and I need to encourage people. But I found that the Bible is a better encourager than I am. And so use the Bible. Amen? But let's pray for each other. And let's use the word of God as we comfort and encourage one another. Number two, go lend a hand and help. After we have prayed, we need to think about how we can help. Perhaps you can cook a meal. Perhaps you can go by and go visit that person. Perhaps you can send a card. Okay, Hallmark is still available in stores. I know these days, you know, people send emojis and you know they're doing all this stuff on social media. But uh, I'm glad, you know, there are still cards in the store. You know, there are times I, I just need to write that card and write a note in it and then mail it. That still works. Where you and I are thinking, how can I encourage this person? And that's another reason I love Sundays because, you know, it's, 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 it's very encouraging to be in the room and then you can look around and then you can go and, and literally encourage somebody right there face to face. I'm sorry, you can't do that on Zoom. You can't do that on television. And, and so it's, it's very, very important. You know, now it's okay. Yeah, you can text them. But I don't know about you. Again, texting doesn't really do it for me. It just doesn't. I, I'd, rather, I'd rather see you face to face. I'd rather talk to you face to face. You know? And um, you know, people would text me. And I text them back. And then they text them. And I said, wait a second. I talk faster than I can talk, than I can text. So I, I, pick up, I pick up the phone and I call them up. I say, hey, let's talk. If you, if you can Zoom, let's Zoom. But we're there to comfort each other. When we see other people suffering, when we see other people going through stuff, the phrase that always goes through my mind is, you know what? But for the grace of God, go I. And it causes my heart to go out. One day you are going to need help. It's a question of when. And so you need to be there also lending a hand to other people. Very, very important. If you're not there for others in their time of need, when your time comes, people are not going to be there for you. So it's important that you, you reach out and help out others. When it comes to comforting others, you cannot be an introvert. You can't. You need to look and see beyond yourself. Many of us are introverts. I'm also an introvert. But when it comes to comforting others and helping others, you, you, you got to get out of yourself. You can't go, well, this is the way God created me. Yeah, then God brought you into his church to transform you into the image of Jesus. And that work continues until the day I die. And so let's lend a hand and let's help each other out. And then finally, donate money and all your time. The Bible also talks a lot about managing God's money. It's not about the amount you give. It's the heart behind the giving. 
where you, you, you want to spend you want to send twenty dollars to the Red Cross or to some organization that's helping, for instance, people you know kind of put their lives together or send water to people in Florida, whatever it is, you know, even if it's just five dollars, it's okay. You know, every day once in a while, you know, people will send me like a GoFundMe thing for somebody. I don't know the person from Adam, but I will send money. Again, I'm not saying that to boast. God has given you and I resources, not just to spend on ourselves, but to use it to help others. And that's one of the things I love about our country, because America is probably the most generous country on the face of this earth. The other day, I saw a, a news clip. There were these two young boys. Uh, one is supposed to be in college, and he has a brother who is a... Uh, He's a teenager, and he dropped out of school. Uh, their mother died. First of all, their, 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 their home in Houston was flooded by that uh, Hurricane Harvey back in 2017. And volunteers came in. They, they helped them, you know, where mold was going to develop and the drywall and everything. You know, they, they, they stripped all that part away and everything. And then their mother died during COVID. And so... Uh, the young man dropped out of school, was just walking so he could take care of his younger brother. And somehow, some organization found out about it, and they came in and rebuilt the entire inside and furnished it, and they brought the two young men back into the house. I was just crying my eyes out. Because that's what it's all about. And I, I, I do pray that that young man is able to go back to college as he continues to take care of his younger brother. But nobody asked those guys to do that. All the materials, everything was donated. And, and, they, and, they, and they put the, the inside of their, their, their late mother's home back together. That's what it's all about. Now, the Bible does talk about how when you and I are doing this, as we're comforting others and we're helping each other, that you don't announce it with trumpets. That you don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. That you do it in silence. You do it in secret, as a matter of fact. And the God that sees what you're doing in secret will reward you. That's what it's all about. And we have a lot of very generous people in our ministry. You know, I, I, know, I know so many times, you know, you know, a lot of you will come to my wife and I and say, yeah, well, this is yours or this is for you. Please don't tell anybody I gave you that. And I appreciate that. And, and I know that's going on all over the church. And it needs to continue to do that. And so I'm encouraging us to continue this. That we donate our time, we donate money when we see people in need. Okay? And God, who sees what you're doing in secret to help his children and to help non-Christians, will reward you. I hope this passage is about God calling us to comfort, that he comforts us. And then in turn, then we now turn outward and comfort others. I hope this has been encouraging for you. Uh, we're going to go into our breakout rooms, and I want to encourage you to, to stay uh, and, uh, and participate and share what encouraged you. You may want to share maybe something you learned from Steve's lesson in the last two weeks about, okay, I'm going to change this in, in, in this area of my life on being humble. Um, I know for me, something that Steve said that was very convicting was, I, 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 I need to listen. It's very hard for me to apologize when I know I'm right. And, uh, but, uh, I mean, when he said that, I was like, oh, he's, okay. 
he must he must know exactly what I'm going through. But he was very convicted. And so you may want to share that in the breakout rooms, but let's have a great time in our breakout rooms. I want to ask our sister, uh, Rachel Carr, please, if you can unmute yourself and lead us in a word of prayer, and then uh, Jimmy's going to put us in our breakout rooms. God bless you all.